Hello and welcome to DFS Coach Talk. It is Friday, May 28th, 2021. I'm Andrew Hansen alongside Joe Sarvati, affectionately known as Coach. Fresh off a day of rest, heading into a big holiday weekend. Coach, how are you feeling on this three-game Friday before a holiday weekend? I am excited. You know, I'm I'm happy that I'm not traveling. I know that uh, watching the news seems like uh, now that everybody's lifted from these mask bans and everything else, that people are going bonkers with traveling all over the place. So uh, glad I'm not stuck in that traffic or in those airports at this moment and happy to just be home and taking in uh, all of this incredible sports action. So I'm couldn't be more excited. Great slate, three-gamer in NBA tonight than both Saturday and Sundays, a four-gamer. So we got those 14-hour days of basketball, which are heaven to me. And then, obviously, with everything else going on, the extra day off Monday. And, uh, man, it's what's there not to like, right? I agree. And we got some momentum here. All the builds last night cashed, except the hybrid on FanDuel that had too much exposure to Game 1, which was a blowout courtesy of Milwaukee, but thankfully our GPP didn't have anybody from that game. It had everybody from games two and three, and that was a top 5% lineup, so we had some happy members with that one, and we are going to see if we go for the full sweep here today on on all the sites, Coach. No doubt. Well done. Congratulations on that lineup, and yeah, man, what a shocker that Miami just absolutely looked like they had already given up. What a I couldn't believe I was stunned. Couldn't believe it. Really unfortunate. So, yeah, um, we'll see about that one here over the weekend. But before we get there, let's start with New York and Atlanta and yeah. uh, kind of a balanced slate here with tip offs, coach, seven o'clock, eight thirty and nine thirty. That's much better, man. Yeah. It's hard flipping back and forth between games and not missing, <laughs> you know, important stuff. It, last night was nuts. Yeah, we want to see it all and we'll get a good glimpse of New York and Atlanta Moving yeah. down south, tied at one here. It's been a real tough, hard-fought series, low-scoring games. Once again, the total is the lowest on the board at 211. Uh, Atlanta favored by five at betus.com.pa, our, our presenting sponsor. And we have Mitch Robb still out for New York. Other than that, these two teams are, are ready to go. Uh, I'll yeah. jump in on the New York side. Uh, sure. We've got that low total because of these pace factors, 30th and 23rd. So it's yeah. the slowest game. Game three is, is slow as well, but very slow. We've got the Knicks, awesome defense. Uh, they're below average offense with efficiency. The only thing you like in this game is Atlanta's offense and their below average defense. But with those pace and, and, and New York's defense, overall, it's, it's just not a great DFS environment for high scoring situations, just like we've seen in games one and two. But we get these teams that play heavy minutes. And so you, you at least get that when you're looking at the Knicks. And again, that's where I'll, I'll jump in first. Stat of the day, Coach, I'll jump right into it. Randall in games one and two of this series has been 15, 12, and four, and he's played 36 minutes exactly in both games. Oh, Same that's stat crazy. line, 15, 12, no and four. No kidding. Um, and I think that's been you know a big note here is that he has struggled a little bit here. Uh, he's been inefficient with his shots. And, you know, um, I've heard some talk from their veterans about, uh, you know, Derrick Rose specifically about, hey, there's pressure here for these younger players. It's up to guys like Rose who've been there, Taj Gibson, to encourage those guys to keep pushing. 
And so I would think Randall would, would do better here sooner rather than lady, later with his efficiency. It is yeah. a, it's an expensive price tag on both sites. I'm not sure I'm going to pay up for him, but I do think he'll play a little bit better. With the other guys we've tracked all season, R.J. Barrett being one of them, uh, he had a surprising dip in minutes in Game 2. He went from 32 down to 26, didn't play yeah. much in the fourth quarter. Bullock was out there a bunch. Burks and, and Rose were out there. So Barrett is, you know, that shakiness with the minutes is a concern for me. Uh, sure. So I, I'm, I'm, I'm probably going to shy away there. Uh, even though Bullock got bigger minutes, his price is up a little bit from where it has been this season. So I, I don't think I want to go there. I'm, I'm more interested in those bench guards, Rose and Burks. Rose is getting huge minutes, upper 30s. He's been really strong both games. Uh, can he keep it up? I don't know. Um, he's playable for me, but I, I'm kind of leaning towards Burks. He's, uh, you know, a thousand or more cheaper on both sites. He got 30 minutes in the last game. So there's a value play you could look at. And then with the bigs, this, you know, Noel doesn't have the injury designation anymore, but we know that his ankle, he's been hobbled a little bit. He only got 17 minutes in the last game. He was, he was rather ineffective. Taj Gibson picked it up, played well. And he had, watching him in the postgame, Coach, I was really impressed with Taj Gibson. He was a little yeah. bit emotional about winning sure that, was. that home playoff game yeah. in the Garden and you know the, the journey he's been on with Rose, with Tibbs. And a guy who's playing with that much passion uh, and he's getting minutes, he's still, he's still cheap on DraftKings. At thirty eight hundred, they've priced him up on Fanduel all the way up to five thousand. He's a center now. Yeah, that that hurts. Big shout out to who, who was it that pointed that out for us? One of our coach talk mem uh, team teammates was it Crash? That Taj is now a center. Or on no? It, yeah, no, it was John, right? I'm not sure. I, yeah, I saw that posted in there uh, earlier today. But okay, always we're always looking for for nuggets, and that is a big deal because it was so fun to be able to squeeze him in cheap at the at the power forward that really stinks that he's center only on FanDuel it does so uh, you know with all that being said I I'm not ready to play him probably on FanDuel but I, I do still like him on DraftKings where you can still play him as a power forward at, at 3800 so right uh you know it's funny but I I'm a, I'm, I'm a little more, more interested in this New York bench with Rose or Burks or, or Gibson how about you a hundred percent. I mean, I think that the, the truth was told in this last game. I mean, they're down, you know, one Oh, in the, in the uh, series and it's, you know, there, it's a close game at halftime and Tibbs knows that this is do or die. And what does he do? He starts Rose in the second half. Peyton never gets back in the game. So I would think, you know, Elf might get his five first five minutes of the game at most again, if he play, if he even starts, um, and then, you know, so Elf's got to be taken out of everything. I mean, they're obviously not uh, having any confidence in him at all. So I, with you, I think he completely showed his hand, and it's all about Derrick Rose and Alec Burks. They got all the big shots. They combined for 34 field goal attempts. Uh, they took eight threes be between them, <clears throat> and they both ran the show. I mean, they, they really did uh, – you know, we're the two go-to guys on the perimeter for the team in the second half. And I don't see why they would steer from that. 
So both both Rose and Burks are the two guys that really interest me the most. I'm with you on Bullock. I think that his minutes are safe because they need his defensive presence. So I, I think he'll get 30 again. It's just, you know, he took eight shots. That's usually about what he, you know, that he does at most. He's not a volume shooter, um, but you can consider him. Um, so there's three guys from the Knicks in a game, like you mentioned, that is not super high scoring uh, or supposed to be and not much of a pace. I think you consider all the way around. My question comes with what you had, had posed to me is, what's the story with Julius Randle? How is that going to go? Um, the fact that he was 16-4 and 12 or whatever it was, exact same stats, mm-hmm. is mind-boggling because those are lousy stats for right. him. I mean, that's bad. And, you know, here's the thing that I'm trying to figure out. I've been on Randall. I played him the first two games, and he really disappointed me. Is it going to be less pressure being in Atlanta and not being in front of the Madison Square Garden uh, crew there? I know they're supportive. And all of that, but the constant chanting, you know, against Hawks players, chanting MVP for him all the time. I mean, that gets in a young player's head and just ratchets up the the pressure. I think you're right. I think he'll play better in Atlanta. Stress off. They're not going to really boo him there, but he's not going to have that same uh, same pressure. I think that he felt in the Garden. So I think Randall's in play. I just. The question is, you know, do I have the guts to go up and spend that much again after two bitter disappointments? And that's really the decision I I have to make. Um, But I really do like the Knicks side of this. I think going Randall and Burks or even going Burks and Rose, I'm not afraid to do that. And I definitely like to have some exposure there. I'm not going to go with the Noel Gibson split unless, you know, on sites where you can play Gibson as a cheap power forward, but he won't, you know, be able to take that center spot for me. So I do like, I do like that side of the ball. I think that the Knicks will play decent. I think that'll be a good game. And I don't think it has to be super low scoring. These teams can both um, be offensively efficient at times. As far as the Atlanta side goes, we have my man, DeAndre Hunter, has now, you know, back into the starting lineup over 30 minutes, uh, just his second game back. And he had 18 points, uh, six rebounds. I mean, he's just such a solid player. Took eight threes, made three of them. Uh, you know, he's in play. His price still hasn't adjusted to where it's he's unplayable by any stretch. So uh, I'm a big hunter backer. I think he's a good play. Um, Bogdanovich and Young, of course, you have to look at both. Trey has been lighting it up. There's no question about it. Um, you know, and if D Rose is going to play monster minutes and he and Trey Young are playing against each other, neither one of them can play defense. So, you know, I, I don't have anybody a problem with anybody using the correlation and spending up and going young with Rose on the other side. I think it makes perfect sense. Bogdanovich, like you said, is very, very tempting. I mean, 21 shots up again. Uh, he was only two for 13 from three, which he generally always makes better, you know, more shots than that. So if he keeps taking them, I think he's a great, great play as well. So, you know, you've got lots of options. I really like this game more so than than some of the others. Uh, not going to go to Capella, too expensive. Collins was in foul trouble. Don't trust him as far as I can throw him. So 
For me, you know, I think I'm probably going to come out of this game, Andrew, with a possibility of three of my guys, even though this is the lowest number on the board. I just think, you know, it's 1-1. It's an intense matchup. And uh, I do think that it, the the fact that they're playing in Atlanta is actually a positive for these teams not feeling as much pressure from those those rough Knicks fans and, and the whole, you know, or at the Garden. Yeah, I agree with you on Randall there. And Trey, obviously he conquered that situation in game one, but I think yeah. it probably took a little bit out of him. Game two, he didn't have I do too. You know, he, he scored thirty, but he didn't quite he didn't quite do it. And by the way, um Coach McMillan after the game talking about minutes where he he was talking about the fatigue for those guys and <clears throat> should he have played them more minutes and he was pushing back and saying you know, bringing Trey back into the fourth, seven, eight minutes left. The typical rotation was was plenty. He didn't want to push him any right. more than that 35, 36-minute range. So that would be one caveat with, with these uh, Atlanta guys is I don't think you're going to get the Knicks-like minutes from Tibbs that you see with Randall if he gets over 30. I, here's the thing. I, I would bet it would be more likely that Randall would get 38 to 40 than Trey Young would. If anything, I think the right. the starters' minutes for Atlanta might go down a couple. Um, but I do like Trey to bounce back in Game Three. Bogdanovich, yeah, if he if he's going to take thirteen threes again, then I'll definitely consider him. And yeah. Hunter, yeah, we we talked about how Game One it was twenty two minutes. We talked about will he get twenty six, twenty eight. If he if he was going to play thirty, we would we would definitely you know plug him in there. I think we ended up putting him in the GPP. But yeah. um, I'm ready to play him everywhere. Oh uh, yeah, on 32 minutes this last time, and a, and a, you know rest now. So I'm with you. Yep, and four thousand even on DraftKings. Come on, that's uh, a, a free square, yeah. isn't it? I like him for sure. Yep. And then I agree with you. Not going to the bigs on Atlanta. Herder or Gallinari off the bench could get it done at their prices, um, but not my first options again, especially with Hunter in that same price range. I'll just go there all day and. And, you He's know, gonna be so chalky, but yeah. it is what it is. Yep, we go with it. Yeah. All right, great. Let's move to game two, Brooklyn and Boston. We have an hour and yeah. a half to strategize for that one after this the slate starts. Right. Um, we have two zero series for Brooklyn. Coach, big spread here. What's going to yeah. happen? Is Boston going to put up a fight, or is it going to be another <sighs> Milwaukee Miami situation where the road team goes up three zero and the the home team is you know, one game away from summertime. Well, I'll tell you, you, you know, that is the million dollar question on this game. And this is the toughest game to handicap for me because you have to handicap it in two ways. Uh, and that showed, like you said yesterday with Milwaukee and, and Miami. I mean, if this game gets out of control, it's a nine point spread and it's a 227 over under. So you've got the highest over under and it's, you know, 17 points higher in this Knicks Atlanta game. And that's, that's serious. Um, and you know, you've got two teams with, with average pace, 11 and 20, but neither team is very good defensively, 21 and 15 average to below average for playoff teams. And then never forget that Brooklyn's the most efficient offense in the league. And Boston was 11th, although I don't believe they are now with, with Bray Brown and everybody being out. So, you know, with that nine-point spread, is it going to stay close? That's you know that's what everybody needs to know. 
Because if it does, this could be the game you need the most exposure uh, from because we know who the, the standouts, the three super studs from Brooklyn. And then I would, I would say Tatum and Walker fall into that uh, from the star side. So, you know, you know, you're going to have to spend salary here, but it may be necessary. Then again, if it goes south for Boston, um, you know, we could be looking at reduced minutes, uh, you know, nightmare situation like what happened with Milwaukee uh, yesterday in Miami. A couple of things uh, that, that change this game around a little bit. Jeff Green is out and, you know, he's generally gotten mid-20s to mid-30s minutes for most of the games. And the question will be, you know, who's going to soak up those minutes? And, you know, we, we talked a little bit about this particular situation before the podcast, just trying to, you know, really uh, drill down. And, and basically what we came up with was, you know, when he went out, what the rotation was last time is somewhat telling, but it was somewhat of a blowout. So you can't take it, you know, for face value. But I think the combination of three things will happen. You're going to get them playing a little bit smaller with Durant playing a, a four or five spot more often with green out. And then secondly, you may get a few extra minutes from Claxton may get a few extra minutes from Blake. Um, you know, other than that, I think they'll absorb it throughout the team. There's not going to just be one guy that benefits, uh, I think from him being out. So, you know, we haven't, they haven't gone to Deandre at all. There's no reason to think that they will. Um, so, you know, you can't really count him in here, uh, to the, to the rotation uh, as far as value goes, we know that, you know, Joe Harris somewhat broke the slate last time, uh, you know, with 25 points, he hit seven threes, four rebounds, three assists, two steals, one block, and he served hot dogs and popcorn at halftime, I think. I mean, he got it done. And, you know, the problem is, do you trust that? I mean, he's had games where he's just floated around out there and goes one for six, you know, because he's got three superstars around him. You know, is the defense going to be similar where they're just not going to play him and try to double the three stars? If that happens, then you got to look back at Joe Harris because his price is decent. But it's risky. I mean, it just seems like he's going to garner some ownership that if you look at a consistent performance basis, you know, he really doesn't deserve as, as high as this ownership will be. Um, I'm probably not going to go there. I think there's a few other spots that are better. And I really don't like the other ancillary guys that much other than Blake Griffin. And I know Blake's a hard one to play. He only played 20 minutes again. That's generally what they've been playing him. But with Green being out, if they can sneak him to 25 minutes, you know, he's playing well. He had some big dunks. He's playing uh, with a ton of emotion, passing the ball well. You know, some stocks are possible. So Blake is a long shot uh, value play for me, but I think he's a strong GPP play. Um, after that, the question will be, Andrew, is which stud do you go to today? Durant, Harden, or Irving? Um, you could make a case for all of them. They all performed well last time. Uh, you know, Harden had 12 shots, Durant had 12 shots, and uh, Kyrie ended with 12 shots. So that really tells us uh, a difference. <laughs> uh, actually, Joe Harris had the most with 14, but that shouldn't con continue. Uh, so I don't know, man. It's, it's probably the most pivotal thing. I do think you need to pick one and hopefully the right one. 
Um, I lean to either Durant or Harden. Um, I think that Harden's well-rested. I think he'll grab some extra minutes if the game gets closer. Uh, you know, they'll probably keep Irving in the same rotation regardless. Durant's the guy that may be the guy to take, though, because Green does grab some rebounds. He's, you know, he gets some putbacks. He's active in the paint. And if Durant's going to be playing the big a bunch of the time, or they have that pseudo center in Griffin or whoever they're playing that's really a power forward anyway, Durant has a tendency to dominate the glass and then still get all the periphery numbers. So, you know, Durant's probably my first choice, followed closely by Harden with Irving third. But, you know, that can change depending on, uh, you know, what's going to fit salary-wise. But, you know, you've got to have some exposure here. Uh, certainly, I think it's worth the risk, even if, you know, the game, the, the fact that the game could blow out. Durant's probably one of my key pay-up guys. And uh, not sure I'll go anywhere else here with the slight possibility of Griffin. Yeah, I'm pretty similar here. I think I lean Durant for the big three. I like your point about him potentially getting some more rebounds here without Jeff Green, and that could that could be the difference maker. With the bigs, you know, I I think Claxton and Blake Griffin should both get about 20 minutes minimum. Um, so they're they're both playable for me. Uh, Joe Harris, I mean, perfect example of his volatility. Looking at games one and two, fantasy points of around 12 and 42. And yeah, guess he, which one I had. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and he doesn't usually even have a ceiling of 42. That was an incredible outlier for him. And now he's up at least 5,000. So I, I don't plan to play Joe Harris here. It's, it's, it's one of the big three, maybe one of the bigs. And, you know, the bench is a little bit risky. I think Bruce Brown and Shamit got a couple extra minutes because of the blowout. So they're they're not my not my favorite value plays here. Um, on the Boston side, you know, I think this is one of those situations where, like Miami Milwaukee yesterday, there's so much potential with these stars if it's a high scoring close game, uh, but so much downside if it isn't that this could be a, a good slate for two two builds, one yeah. where this one is staying close and you have three four guys from it another lineup where you have maybe one or, or none from this game right um it's a little harder to think about nobody from this game because it's significantly the highest total with yeah. the best pace um so i'm uh, gonna keep playing with that but you know i on on at least one lineup i'm not i'm not gonna have multiple celtics here that that's for sure but if i do build a significant Game stack, um, Tatum, Walker, like you said, they have to step up, so they're in consideration. Marcus Smart, I like his discounted price, uh, so he's if I if I can only have one Celtic, he's right near the top of the list, and then one of the bigs. I'll, I'll look at Thompson and Robert Williams. They're both, you know, at the most getting around half the game. But right. they're both right around 5,000. And Tristan Thompson has been about 6x both games. Robert Williams had the incredible first game. He got in foul trouble the second game. 17 minutes, didn't do quite as much. But they're both playable. Um, and then the Boston bench, I, I'm not looking there. 
Uh, Jabari Parker took a big hit in minutes. He went from 22 to 6. Grant Williams picked up 12 minutes after getting 0 in the first game. Yeah. Um, Neesmith hasn't really been shooting that well. Pritchard hasn't done it yet. Uh, so really, it's it's Marcus Smart, one of the bigs. And then if you really want a, a bigger game stack, then you could look at Kemba or Tatum. Yeah, it's man, it's a tough call. Tatum is so expensive. You know, Kemba's pretty expensive as well. But, you know, I've got to believe that they realize if they lose this game, it's over. I mean, so this, in in my estimation, has to be considered uh, an elimination game for Boston. So, you know, I... I would imagine Tatum is going to get full minutes. I know he's got an eye issue, but you know it's not a lower extremity. So if he can see, then he should get be getting full minutes. And you you know if he he's not even listed on the injury report for for being out. In fact, he's already listed in. So I you know I'm super uh, tempted to go Tatum here. I, I'm going to go either Tatum or Kemba just on the sheer fact that Brooklyn's pace is incredible and their uh defense is poor and and those two guys have got to burden you know carry the load here smart yes is a, is a good third third guy he did have the most shots last time even though nobody shot it a ton and tatum missed a bunch of time because of the the uh, poked eyes so you know i don't like any of the bench i don't even like the williams uh tristan split uh, I and Smart's just expensive enough that he he you know I'd rather go value. So I'm more than likely going to have one Celtic, and it's either going to be Tatum or Walker, just because I think they have to step up, play big minutes, and have a good game. And you know I wouldn't mind playing a GPP to be honest with you with Walker and Tatum with one either Duran or Harden, uh, and make you know make this game. A competitive one, like you said, two builds. This is a perfect scenario to do it. Um, it worked yesterday for you, like with the you know having a lot of that first game and then completely fading that first game. I think you can use the same strategy tonight. Um, you know, this just happens to be the second game on this slate, but you can still do it, and uh, I think it can pay off because if it does stay close, and it could. Um, you know, this this could be a real blow up game for the main guys. So um, I think Boston has some fight in them. I think the fact that they'll be in front of that uh, crowd and they'll be fired up. And, um, you know, I just I think they're a decent play today more so than they were uh, having to play in Brooklyn. So I'm going to be there. I'll put my green sweatshirt on and even try to, you know, uh, boot them home before I get fired up for my Mavericks. Right. Well, before we get to your Mavericks in Game 3, do you want to invite folks and let them know how they can join the family? No, that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> yes, absolutely. We would love to have you join us. Uh, DFSCoachTalk.com is where you can go. You can join us for, oh, I always pitch pitch this real heavy on Fridays. The three-day pass is 10 bucks. Listen to the pod, jump on DFSCoachTalk.com. Sign up. You get three full days today, Saturday, Sunday. Everything that we have to offer, whenever package you buy from us at Coach Talk, you get everything we offer. Now, this weekend, tonight, you'll get all of our baseball games. There's like a million baseball games. You'll get the three playoff uh, basketball games, and you'll get our weekend-only PGA golf lineup. So you're going to get everything that's active right now for us. 
You always do with any slate that you sign up for. And if you want to take advantage of the two-month NBA playoff special, you can get two full months of everything that we put forward at Coach Talk, all the content, all the lineups, all the podcasts, everything that we do. You can get all of that uh, for $111 for two months. And that's also available at our Coach Talk website. If you're looking to bet on games and you want to take advantage of our betus.com .pa lineup, you can go there, sign up for the first time with them. You can you have two options now to deposit with BetUS. You can deposit 149 and you get for that 149, uh, you're going to get a free uh, two-month membership with Coach Talk and you get to use that entire uh, 149 on your BetUS account. So it'd be free with us. If you uh, want to, you can also have the same offer for $99 if you go to BetUS, if you don't want to bet as much. And again, you're going to get all of that there, and you still get the free membership with Coach Talk. So we're real strong push for BetUS for this last two months of NBA. Uh, and just if you're going to sign up with either of those packages, you have to use the promo code Coach Talk, all one word, no space, and right after you sign up with BetUS, shoot us a tweet at DFS Coach Talk. Let us know. We'll confirm it with BetUS, and we'll slide you right into our Discord. So that's the big stuff uh, that we've got going right now. Um, for our members that are listening, get that survey in. We put out a really good survey. We're adding a bunch of analytics analytics to what we're doing at Coach Talk. We're growing and expanding and and uh, the people are letting us know what they want, and that's what we're we're doing. So <clears throat> for members, uh, get that in for our Tuesday drawing, and you can win some free Coach Talk merch. So that's everything that we've got going. Um, love to have you. We're growing fast, and uh, certainly love to have you when this NBA playoffs are right at the heart. And then this weekend, Andrew, I've got the, the shift Saturday and Sunday, and we have four games both days, Saturday and Sunday. So we'll be starting with providing lineups in the morning, like 1130 in the morning here in, in Dallas, and then all the way until like midnight or one o'clock in the morning. They spread out all four games. So it is basketball heaven, and uh, you can have uh, your piece of it for as little as 10 bucks at DFSCoachTalk.com. There it is. Good enough? A little slice <laughs> of heaven. Well said. All right, Coach, uh, regroup there. Stay hydrated. The Mavs are going to need you here in Game 3. I'm going to start with the Clippers as the visitors, uh, the favorites here. We'll get your opinion on that. Down 2-0. Your Mavericks went to L.A., got the first two. Clippers come in here as two-and-a-half-point favorites, 219 total. Can you believe that? Wait, hold. what did he say? Oh, he's talking disrespect for the Mavs. I heard him. <laughs> I mean, you know, you, go, you beat them twice at their place and your dogs— Come on. Yeah, well, hey, it's it's the higher seed, the team with the, the better record, the better offense, the better defense throughout the season. But your man Luca put the team on his back out there and got it done. So we'll see how fired up and ready the, the Clippers are. I'm ready to invest in Mr. Kawhi Leonard, especially on DraftKings. He's 8,500. I think, once again, that is a lock and load. You get Kawhi Leonard in the playoffs playing 41 minutes. That's what he's played in both games one and two. Yeah. And he's been unstoppable. 
I mean, they just they don't have an answer for him. Just like no. the Clippers haven't had an answer for Luca. Uh, Kawhi a lot more expensive on DraftKings at ten thousand, so still playing with that. But I, I like Kawhi on uh, DraftKings here. In again, not a must win, but pretty much a must win for the Clippers since the, since they're on the road down two zero. No doubt. Um, you know, so he's my primary focus here with the Clippers. Um, Paul George, a little bit cheaper. He's he's also getting at least 40 minutes a game. He's playable. Pat Beverly, here's a GPP option who he's played 17 and 23 minutes, hasn't done a, a ton. But right. I just don't see him going three, four, five games in a row without having one of those three steals, hit three three-pointers, you know, chip in four assists, four or five rebounds. You know, that's just what he usually does. Um, so he he's on my radar as a GPP play. Same thing with Marcus Morris. Once again, poor shooting night. He's been ice cold. You know, this time he fouled out, and so he got fewer minutes because he, he got uh, his six fouls. But uh, he's a, the type of player on a three-game slate in the mid-4K range where you feel pretty good about the minutes. You figure he's going to get 9, 10 shots. And he, again, he's had such a good season. You don't usually see him have three bad games in a row. Yeah. So he's he's playable for me. I don't know if I'd go anywhere else with the Clippers. Zubats' minutes haven't been good. Ibaka is questionable with the back. His minutes have been down. Uh, Batum didn't play as much in game two. Reggie Jackson got 30 minutes and played better, but he's expensive on FanDuel at 5,000. Rondo, more expensive than Beverly. Figure he'll probably be more involved offensively while he's out there, so he's playable for me. But uh, I'm really looking at Kawhi and, and Marcus Morris as uh, key key figures in my lineups today. Interesting. Yeah, I mean, this, this is going to be a great game, no doubt. I mean, it's a, a two-and-a-half-point game favorite like you said for the clippers that i have it at right now 219 and a half over under you know you got to remember this though about this game this has been the sexy game to pick here in these first two with luca and Kawhi, and all the big numbers that are coming out of it 25th and 28th pace teams though so when push comes to shove you know this game could regress a little bit points wise and you know if this is one of those 104 to you know, a hundred kind of games uh, with, with some of the numbers that can go up, you know, in, in the Boston Brooklyn game specifically, then, you know, it makes me a little bit nervous because I think, you know, there's been a lot of attention on this series and the star players here. I'm just concerned there's going to be a little bit of over ownership with the Lucas and Kawhi's and all the big names, um, you know, defensively eighth and 17th, nothing to write home about. But you do have two offensive efficient teams that are, are scoring the ball. And like you said, the matchups for both teams defensively have been a real chore that no one seems to have an answer. Um, and then on top of that, you've got Ibaka questionable, which you saved my bacon this last game. I was I had Ibaka uh, in my lineup until literally three minutes before we supplied lineups and Andrew talked me out of Ibaka. So I owe you one there. But his back is not right, so there's no way you can consistently, you know, expect his minutes to be there. I've completely been stymied by Tyrone Lue's, uh I've talked about it since before game one. 
the Mavericks' in complete weakness is interior defense. And he just he doesn't play Zubach that much, and he doesn't go big. He likes to go small, which plays right into the Mavericks' hands. And it's the same thing I've said every time. And now, you know, I'm convinced that he's just not going to adjust. And, you know, with Ibaka possibly getting 10, 15 minutes and Zubac not getting that many minutes, they just would rather play Morris at center uh, or, you know, go small like that. Uh, I'm not going to look at any of the bigs here against the Mavs. So I hope he he doesn't uh, actually do any good coaching here and, and adjust. But... I think it, it starts and ends with, with George and, and, of course, Kawhi. They took uh, 34 shots between them uh, last time. No, I'm sorry, 43 shots between them. They were 26 for 43, and they still lost the game, those two guys. And, you know, including the fact that they were uh, 12 for 13 from the foul line, they combined for 18 rebounds. I mean – those two guys carry this team on their on their back, and I think that they'll probably do it again. Uh, I think you can go to either guy. Um, the problem is Maxi Kleba is not 100%. I do think he'll play. He's listed as questionable. He got decent minutes last time. He's supposed to be the Kawhi stopper for the Mavs. Who's going to stop Kawhi? And if he's not 100%, he has no chance. So I'm with you on the Kawhi pick. I think he's a smart pick. I don't think Paul George is a bad pick either. I mean, I know he's pricey, but you know he's going to get the the monster minutes. He played almost 41 minutes this last game, and he was only one for seven from three, which you know he can get hot there. Man, I'll tell you, you know, if I had the money, which I may do, is is I think that the ownership that belongs for the Clippers is all wrapped up in those two guys, Kawhi. And Paul George. I don't trust Marcus Morris right now. He's not playing well. He's not shooting well, but he's dangerous. Um, <clears throat> Pat Beverly, they try to guard Luca with, and Luca takes him immediately to the block. I don't know if you saw the the big meme or whatever going around with uh, Luca holding the baby, and it's Patrick Beverly. <laughs> <laughs> so it's you know he's a little small to to guard him. So. <clears throat> he might not get as much rotation in there minutes-wise. The guy that I'm afraid of, Andrew, is Rondo. He's the kind of guy, you know, he, he got 18, 19 minutes last time. But if he does get 25, 26, which I think he could, um, he has seven assists in like that short a period of time. He could hurt the Mavericks, that kind of precision passing guard. So Rondo's my pay-down guy uh, for the Clippers. <clears throat> Definitely a Kawhi and possibly a George. And then I, I don't know how I'm going to watch the game. I'll probably throw up watching this game if I do that. But I like that side more than I like the Mavs side. Not, you know, I still think the Mavs can win. They've been able to do it. But Luke is going to be very highly owned. He's super expensive. And I get it. I mean, he's playing at another level uh, beyond anything anybody could have dreamt. But I know Tyrone Lue's not a great coach at all. I, I firmly think he's below average. But if he's not going to run some doubles at Luka at this point, I mean, you at some point you've got to say, listen, we can't let one guy beat us. And Luka's beat them both games single-handedly. If he, I was talking to Dawson in the game. I said, if Luka didn't play those first two games, and I know it's all relative, but they lose both those games by like 15, 20 points. It's that much of an effect. So 
I've got to think whether it's Kawhi and then they run somebody at him or whatever they're going to do. I don't think they're going to make the mistake of what their their strategy the last two games has been. Let's play five fresh guys like six minutes each on him. He smoked, uh, you know, uh, almost all those guys. Reggie Jackson tried to guard him for a few minutes. Disaster. Took Pat Bev right to the block. Went right around Morris. Morris isn't quick enough on the perimeter. And, you know, Kawhi did okay. And then uh, Paul George uh, did a little bit uh, with him as well. But it just didn't work. I think they need to commit to either George or Kawhi. Or if those two split, that's, you know, reasonable. But I wouldn't play any of those other guys on him. And I also would run a double. You know, he does make you pay when when he passes the ball. But do you want to get beat? by a penetration and one by Luca or a three-pointer from Dorian Finney-Smith. I'll take my chances with DFS or some of those guys. So I'm not going to play Luca. Um, I don't trust Porzingis uh, as far as I could throw him for the price that he is. He, he, you know, he had 20 points last game, but again, you know, zero assists, um, you know, only four rebounds, you know, and the guy's a, a million feet tall. I just, I don't think he's worth his salary. The guy that I'll, I'll mention again, and I've played him every game so far, and he's he's paid off seven, eight X, and that's Tim Hardaway Jr. If he has a brain in his head as far as coaching, as far as Ty Lue goes, and they do try to stop Luka, I think Hardaway's the guy that's going to benefit the most. He's the most reliable shooter Kleeb has been off a little bit. Finney Smith's touch and go. Brunson's more of a control the ball out there. Richardson's inconsistent. I mean, it's really hard away or bust if they really try to take away Luka. And his price is still fair enough. It's not super cheap anymore, but I think he's the good pay down guy here. So it, as weird as it sounds, I could be loaded up with two or three Clippers and, and just maybe a Hardaway on this side. Uh, I think that's the smart way to go. I hope that I'm wrong in that sense as far as a Mavs fan, but I feel like I'm on to something as a DFS player. So unfortunately, that's where I'm going, Andrew. I'm surprised Dirk is still smiling back there behind He's, you. He spit at me. You missed Jeez. it. And I think that that was very rude. No Luca tonight? You, no. So is this because... And no you, Porzingis. Well, that that I can understand, but... You think that the Clippers are going to change their defensive approach enough I do. so that Luka won't smash? I that's, that's what I assume. Now, if he's that dumb and he keeps trying to rotate those guys on him and he'll, do, you know, he'll score 40 again and get it done, I think you could see more of a, a 22, 24-point game from Luka, which isn't bad. But you know, at his salary, I just don't know if he's going to break the slate. I think they can do that to him more than the Mavs can try to control Kawhi specifically and even Paul George because of the matchup problem. So I don't feel confident about this game as a Mavs fan. And I think that hopefully, you know, Ty Lue has some decent assistant coaches there. Hopefully somebody can get him to change his strategy because if they do and the Clippers get this game, this game, this series is way far from over. And uh, I'll be, it'll be pins and needles tonight. I'll have my money where my brain is, and my heart will be pounding for the uh, Mavs to do well. And somehow, if there's a possibility that both can work out for me, (laughs) great. (laughs) Right, yeah. 
Well, that's I know that's, you didn't expect that, did you? No, and that's the way. That's admirable. That's the way you need to do it. Use yeah. to build lineups with your head, not your heart. Um, so I commend you for that. I agree that if they do limit Luca, Tim Hardaway Jr. should get plenty of shots and continue to be a great value. DFS, I think, is playable because of the extra shots. Um, but you know, I'm just. I was surprised really in game two that Luca was continued to be so effective with guys like Kawhi on him. And the thing that stood out to me is just that Luca has just enough size to be out there four or five feet behind the three point line, getting to his spot and getting his shot off comfortably. Yeah, yeah. He'll, he'll usually fall away a little bit, but I mean, it's, it just sort of looks like he was out there shooting around by himself, just kind of getting to his spot loading up his three and hitting it and nobody not even Kawhi, could stop that so could they be more aggressive with double teams and really uh try to prevent him from getting as many shot attempts yeah i think they could and so i do think it's possible that he goes 20 22 24 points instead and doesn't smash but man he's rolling um i and i won't there's no way i can fade him completely um, so maybe it's more of a GPP build where you leave him out and you, you put some faith in, in Lou and company with that Clippers coaching staff. But, um, with the other guys, uh, yeah, I think I'm with you there. Uh, I'd be happy for you if the, if the Mavs can get the W, but I don't think I'll probably invest in any of their peripheral guys, uh, tonight. So yeah, might have to be clip more Clippers exposure here than Mavericks. Yeah, it's it's going to be interesting. I, you know, you got to see how these coaches react and what gets in their heads. But I, I mean, how do you let one guy beat you? I mean, he really did beat them two games in a row, pretty single handedly. Yep. I mean, he really did. And you know, I just at this level with this great a talent, and I guarantee in that locker room, Kawhi is you know saying just let me effing guard him or whatever the case may be you know I mean enough's enough I mean he that strategy of all those you know guys trying to take turns on him is that isn't going to work he's he's way too smart for that so we'll see I hope they do the same thing that's for sure <laughs> yeah it's it's going to be a fun way to wrap it up at nine thirty tonight for the tip in in game three we're gonna yeah. have a lot of fun building these lineups here throughout the afternoon. Appreciate all your support. If you haven't already, please subscribe on YouTube uh, to grow the channel here and be notified when these podcasts post. They are going to come seven days a week. That's what we're doing here in the playoffs. We've done it all season, so we'll keep that going. Uh, Appreciate all your support everywhere. Uh, Again, with memberships, if you have any questions, just reach out to us on Twitter at DFS Coach Talk. You can also find the coach at J-O-E-S-A-R-V-A-D-I. You can find me at Language Olympic. Coach will be back tomorrow for a full four-game NBA slate. But like he said, we have a lot going on tonight with basketball, baseball, and golf. So join us through DFSCoachTalk.com. We'd love to have you. All right, Coach, let's get after these lineups here and absolutely dominate tonight and then do it again tomorrow. Let's get it. All right. Well, on behalf of the coach and the rest of the DFS Coach Talk team, I'm Andrew Hansen. Thank you for joining us. We'll see you tomorrow as we look to crush it in DFS.